I've had this really bizarre, like, I'm going to call it an interaction over the last several weeks with trees. A few weeks ago, um, I attended a celebration of life here for uh, Betsy Sudeby. And during that celebration of life, her daughter, Candy, who is another staff member here at Shoal Creek, shared a poem that she had written about the tree. And it was, it was just an amazing poem. I don't have it here to read to you. But that was like this first thing where the word tree or trees kind of just started to enter into my psyche, if you will. Fast forward a couple weeks, and I'm going through the baptism class and, and interviewing one of the people, you know, for their baptism, which was last Sunday. His name was Cody. And I said, hey, once I turn the camera on, I'm just going to ask you a few basic questions. Like, hey, what's your name? And, you know, what do you do for a living? He says his name, and then he says, well, I climb trees for a living. Of course, I'm like, what, does that mean like you're in the circus and you like climb trees? And he's like, no, I have my own tree cutting business. And, and so trees, once again, and I got to tell you, I wasn't picking up the clues from God along the way. It was a few weeks later when I'm sitting out, I'm deer hunting, and I, and I climb up in a deer stand, which is attached to a tree. And I'm sitting there. One of my favorite things in life, honestly, is to watch the world wake up. Now, I really like to do it when it's extremely cold out, but it wasn't that cold this deer season. But it was cold enough that opening morning. And, 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 and as the world wakes up and you start to hear deer and then you realize they're squirrels and you hear a lot of squirrels and then some squirrels get really talented and they sound like deer. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to shoot. It's a daggum squirrel. And then you start talking to the squirrels, and then you realize, maybe I need to go see that guy. And he would say, stop it. But the thing that caught me the first morning, and then again the next morning or the second morning after that, was as the sun comes up, and I don't know what's happening necessarily with trees, but obviously this time of year the leaves start to fall. But in the morning, when that sun finally peaks over the horizon, that's when the leaves would start to fall. So I don't know if it's the warming and, and something happens some sort of, you know, some of you that are scientists might explain it. But the leaves just started to fall. And I stopped deer hunting. I was just like, God, this is amazing. And then as I began to think about this message and the word resilient, I, I had read a chapter in John Eldridge's book, Resilient. And in it, uh, he talks about this app that they have, this pause app. And this 30 days to resilient kind of little program inside that. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to start that on Thanksgiving Day. So I started on Thanksgiving Day. And here's what happens. It's, it's really cool. It's about nine minutes long in the morning. And you set the time that you want to do it. And it'll send you a reminder. And it's about nine to ten minutes in the evening. And it was something I felt God saying to me, slow down. Listen. Participate in this. You are not as resilient as you think you are. And one of the, the, the passages that was read to me through this app, as I just sat there and listened with my eyes closed, was this one from Jeremiah 17. It says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. 
They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. I discovered something. God was using this metaphor or trees for me to understand that I'm not as resilient as I want to be. How about you? I want to be like the tree planted on the riverbank with my roots deep down into the love of God. The tree is reaching for water and I'm reaching for living water. And God says, you're not as resilient as you think you are. Far too often you rely on your own strength, not mine. As I read, continue to read in this book, I came across this quote from C.S. Lewis. And it, it comes from his book, Mere Christianity. But John Eldridge, the author of that book, Resilient, quoted him. And he says, God made us. He invented us as a man invents an engine. Now, God designed the human machine to run on himself. He himself is the fuel our spirits were designed to burn. Or the food our spirits were designed to feed on. If C.S. Lewis is correct, if God created us and he designed us to run on him as our fuel, as our water, as our food, how are you doing with that? What is your consumption of God like? Years and years ago when I went through survival training, they talked about how long you could live without three things. And they called it the rule of three. And the rule of three is this. You can live for about three weeks without food. You can live for about three days without water. And you can live for about three minutes without oxygen. And so my question is, if we are to run on God, if that is truly the fuel for our spiritual life, for our soul, what is the time frame that we can exist apart from God? Is it, is it any time frame? Is it three nanoseconds? A nanosecond is a billionth of a second. I, I think there's no time frame that says we can't live on God. So the question is, if we're not consuming God, if we're not connecting to the very being that created us and sustains us, then I would argue that we are dying. Let's jump back to this mentality of fuel. If God is the fuel for your life, what does your fuel gauge read right now? Is it on empty? Are you fully aware that right now you are near rock bottom? That you absolutely desperately need God to show up or you may fall off, whatever that is for you. Are, are you full? Do you have a connection to your creator that is so vital that you, it's like oxygen or actually stronger than oxygen. You're like, I can't live without it and I seek it and I have it and I know it and I'm, I'm a fool. That's awesome. Share with us how that's going in your life. Share with us those details. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle. I think for me, I would argue that I can't see the fuel gauge. I'm going so fast. <laughs> I'm just going through life as fast as I can, getting things done, doing things, and I don't even know what the fuel gauge says. 
How about you? Where is your fuel gauge measuring God in your life? John Eldridge argues in this book, and, I, and, I, and I, it took me a while to agree with him. So we, I realize you may not necessarily agree with me or him right now, and I highly encourage you to check out his book, Resilient. But he says, we have been through so much as a society, as a, as a global community, actually, over the last three or four years, that we really don't know how much restoration we need. If we want to be resilient, if we want to have endurance for the long haul, he argues that we need, and I agree with him now, we need to restore our soul. We need to feed our soul. Now, some of you might be agreeing with me. You might be going, I, I feel it. I absolutely feel it. And so what happens in our human nature, though, is we, we kind of like, we can, we can raise up for that moment. We all had to raise up for COVID. We had to deal with this threat of dying literally any second when it first came out. Like something could, you, someone could breathe on you and you could die. And we had to wear masks and we couldn't connect and we couldn't relate and we couldn't see one another. And then we had to have all these crazy things. And then it's just like the world went mad during that time frame. The racial tensions just went crazy in this nation. So maybe you're there and you're going, I get it. I believe it. Well, I do today, but a few days ago, I didn't. And so maybe you're in that camp. You're like, hey, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm close to fine. It's okay. It's good. We're, we're getting back to our, our normal. No, we're not. Because we spent so much. We invested so much to get through that. And typically, that's what happens is you, you raise up for those moments, and then it's the aftermath that gets you. If you haven't watched the series called Quarterback on Netflix, guess who's in it? Patrick Mahomes and a few other guys. Actually, Kirk Cousins. I like Kirk Cousins a lot. But they talked about what those athletes do to restore themselves after a game. They actually invest just as much time, if not more time, restoring their bodies than they do in prepping and planning and training for the next game. And I ask myself, wow, I don't do that in my spiritual journey. I don't often just pause and rest and go, okay, I need to connect to the source of life instead of just trying to help others do that. I need to connect with the source of life instead of just reading my Bible. I need to connect with the source of life versus just praying and some of those things are not bad in and of themselves, but when they replace this intimate connection, this union with Jesus, we're in danger. And I ask, how do we get back to that? Or how do we get to that in the first place if we never have? Your soul is near empty, I would bet. Some of us don't know how empty our souls are. I thought about this. Only a consistent, intentional connection with Jesus will impart his strength and his resilience to you and I. It is Jesus within us that gives us resilience. 
So what's your Jesus meter? Where is your Jesus meter? Is it on low? Is it on empty? Is it medium? Is it on high? Do you intentionally and consistently spend time with him? One of the things that that app did for me is it, it, it forced me, I guess is the best way to say it, because I just said I'm going to do this, is it, it forced me to, to tell Jesus I love him. And I thought, that's really weird, Sean. You've been trying to follow him for years. And it made me just pause and go, and, and hear the voice on this app say, Jesus, I love you. And then it gives you time to do the same. And I thought, man, do I ever just pause and think in some quiet solitude moment that God loves me. <laughs> the creator of my soul, your soul loves you. How often do you pause to hear that? See, we're empty vessels I've discovered in my life. And even when I think I'm full, guess what? I'm leaking. I leak God and I'm guessing you do too. So we need to be filled up way more often than we think. And because we've come through such a tough time, we think we're ready to press on. And the reality of it is, this world is not going to get a whole lot better. But I, I had something hit me this week. Actually, it was Thanksgiving morning as I was reading and going through that app. That I th it's, God's still in control. God is still God of the universe. He's the creator of everything, I believe. I hope that you would explore that if you're still wrestling with that. That's okay. But I thought, he is still in control. He looks at the world and says, this stuff is just repeating and repeating and repeating. And humanity can either obsess over it or can find true life in him. Let me ask you this. We've been spending all month on being resilient. And Roy talked about in the first week about being self-aware. Sometimes it's really good. Matter of fact, it's really often to just look in the mirror and ask yourself, are you really who you think you are? Does the person staring back at you in the mirror match the person you are with others? Dan talked about this lower story and upper story and, and how they try to ladder up and, and try to continue to have your lower life, which is real. We all have lives. We all live busy lives. We all have trouble in our lives. And Dan was talking about how do you then try to get God to come down the ladder or you move up that ladder to connect with him? And then last week, Justin talked about a boat, ultimately, and, and like, what, what have we built our lives on? What's our little boat where we find security? He talked about relationships or finances or career, could be addictions, where we, that's where we go for meaning and to be filled. And some of those things aren't necessarily bad on the surface, but when they trump God in our lives, it becomes religion, not union. And so today we're trying to figure out, okay, how do we move forward? Maybe I've convinced you, maybe I haven't, that you are actually lower on the fuel gauge than you think you are. Maybe I haven't. 
then I pray that the Holy Spirit continues to work in you to say you are a leaking vessel of God. Find solace in me. We just entered, maybe, maybe Halloween did it, I don't know, definitely Thanksgiving did it, and we're about to get into this insanity for the next 30-something days, right? The busiest time of the year probably for the majority of us. And we're about to face that decisions to purchase this and buy that and have gatherings and be here and be there. And oh, by the way, the kids still got some stuff to do in school and they got practice and they got this and I got to do this and oh, I can't miss the Chiefs, got to watch the Chiefs. And, and I got to catch SportsCenter. And it, life's busy. And I always laugh when someone says something to me like, well, hey, would you like to participate in a small group? Or would you like to, hey, would you like to go to breakfast? I'm, I'm busy. You think I'm not? Do I just sit on my fingers and go, man, I hope somebody would call me today, man, and go to breakfast. I got nothing else to do. Let me give you a big clue here. You are no busier than the person sitting next to you, behind you, in front of you. You're not. So what's your plan for recovery? Do you have a plan for recovery? Do you know that you need a plan for recovery? You're a leaky vessel. We leak God. And if you're someone like me who can kind of become complacent in that, I've been trying to follow Jesus for years. I'm on staff at a church. My job at some big, big picture thing is to help other people connect to God and follow Him. And so sometimes the very work of God that I'm trying to do is getting in the place of having union with God because I put myself as the person who has the strength. I'll do this in my power, God. I'm good. I know you. I know about Jesus. I've decided to trust and follow him. And he says, you're leaking, Sean. If you want to be as resilient as one of those tall oak trees, if you want to be that resilient that can just endure through all sorts of ups and downs and good weather and bad weather, through all the seasons, if you want to be resilient... Do what the oak tree does. It puts its roots down deep and connects to the water. And you have living water flowing in you right now. Jesus lives in you if you decide to trust and follow him. And I have still found ways, matter of fact, I think humanity has found many ways, to try and live apart from God even though he resides in us. That sounds crazy to me. I almost want to yell, stop it. And God says, look, stopping it is not the easy thing. Stopping it is not the way. So I would encourage you, here's a couple thoughts. I think the first and foremost thing that we need to do is we need to just spend some time being loved by and loving God. When's the last time you sat there and just thought, my creator, my Lord, my Savior, my God, loves me. He knows me. He knows every hair on my head. When's the last time you've just sat and pondered that? When's the last time you've ever said, Jesus, I love you? I can't imagine living on this earth and dealing with humans and then deciding to go to the cross so that those humans and we humans, all humans, could follow you someday and have life. 
I don't often plan for that sort of connection time. And this week especially, this week, especially going to that app that I'm going to talk about in a little more detail in a minute, it helped me to understand that my connection and my union with him is more important than anything else in my schedule. More important than my wife, more important than my children, my grandchildren, my relationships, more important than my friendships, more important than my job. Because if I put that first thing first, if I connect to Jesus and his life is within me, he gives me his resilience, he gives me his endurance, I can endure all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so can you. But we got to go to the well. And so often we just move about our days at the speed of sound. We add more and more of this or more and more of that, more and more of this, thinking that those things will fulfill us. And they never do. And there's a second thing I've discovered for me, that I have to, I have to create soul space. There's some things I just need to stop doing. Like for me, and I don't know if this is for you, and that's fine, but I can no longer consume global news. I cannot consume global news anymore. So I choose to stay off social media. I don't watch the news. And I'll find myself occasionally flipping through, and I'll catch a channel of news, and I'm like, this anxiety wells up in me. I'm like, I ought to be able to do something about the struggle in the Middle East. Oh, I ought to be able to do something about the fires in Maui. Oh, I ought to be able to do something about Ukraine. Oh, I ought to be... Look, I don't have it in me. I'm not the savior of the world. So sometimes we have to tune out, unplug. We got to learn to play a little. We got to learn to lighten up a little. We got to learn to rest, take a walk outside. I'll tell you what I want to do here you know, after we get done setting up some kids' mall. I want to just walk outside somewhere and just look at the beautiful snow that blanketed us last night. And I think that would be restorative. And the way I like to think of those two things is one of them I got to plug in. I got to plug into God often. And the other one is I got to unplug from the world. And I got to unplug from the world often. And I like to think of this. How many of you in this room have a mobile phone? Really? Everyone in this room, most likely, and those of you online. So I'd love to think about this. You're going to charge that phone someday soon, probably in the next several hours. And if you're like my daughter, you wait till it's at 0%. You know, when I, mine gets to 98, I'm plugging it back in. She's like, you're such a weirdo. But hey, when you plug that phone in, I hope that's a reminder that you need to plug into the source of life. And when you go to get it and it's charged or you get it ready to leave and you go to grab it and you unplug it, I hope that would be a reminder that, you know what? There's something you need to unplug from in this world to create the space in your schedule for something of greater importance, the plugging in. So plug in, unplug. Plug in, unplug. And I'd like today, uh, there's some folks that are going to hand out something to you. It's a little prescription form. And I'd like you to think about this as they're doing that. If they would hand those out, that'd be great. This little form is, is a way for you to hear from God. We're going to give you some space in here today to do that. 
There's going to be some music playing, some instrument music playing here in just a second. And, and it simply says, plug in and unplug under your spiritual resilience prescription form. So what I'd like for you to do is to not start writing on it right away. After I read this passage from Ephesians here in a second, I would like for you to just sit quietly. One of the things that this app did for me is it said, breathe deeply. Be aware of your breathing. And I discovered this. I typically breathe at a fairly rapid pace. So for me to sit there and go, that's easy and hard for me. So I would love for you to do that. Take three long breaths in, three long breaths out. Relax your body, relax your soul, and ask the Spirit of God to move in you. And when I did that this week, I felt him saying, slow down. Slow down more often. Spend time with me more often. Not just reading about me in Scripture, which is a good thing, actually. Not just praying to me, which is a good thing, actually. But just sitting in my presence and, and acknowledging that I live within you and that I can give you resilience, and that your soul is alive, your body is alive because of me. And some people freak out when you say the Holy Spirit, and are you going to hear from him? Look, for me, it's just like something hits my head, something hits my mind, a thought. And I try to run that through some sort of truth, like, does that sound like God? Well, I think so. Well, then maybe it's the Spirit. If he says, go out in the back parking lot and do five to ten donuts after the service, I don't know, that may be the Spirit. I'll probably do that, by the way. Seriously, just sit quietly and, and see what hits your thoughts. I, I like to call it impressions on your heart as well. See what God might be asking you to plug into himself and how and what he might be asking you to unplug from. And if you really don't like those guidelines, then just scratch them off your paper and go free form. It doesn't matter. This is more about you and God than it is any prescription in a sense that I've given you. So I'm going to read this passage from Ephesians, and then afterwards, we're going to take time to do that. This is Paul writing to the little church in Ephesus, and he says this. It's actually, it's titled, Paul's Prayer for Spiritual Growth, which I thought was interesting. He says this, when I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources... He will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down whew, into God's love and keep you strong. There it is again. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. I love that. May you know how, how wide and high and deep and far his love is, but you know what? The reality of it is you really can't understand it fully. We never will, but we can understand it more. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might even ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let me ask you this question and then we're going to go into this time. How 
are you going to adjust your life, your schedule? What adjustments are you going to make to plug in and unplug? Let's take some time to do that.
That was about five minutes. And I encourage you to, to maybe do that again and again this week. Let me tell you about what's on the back of here. And um, it's also on, our, on the Shoal Creek app under the Engaging the Bible section. You'll see the prescription as well as how to download the, the Pause app. It's a free app. I'm not getting any money to encourage you to do this. I just found this amazingly refreshing in an amazing way twice a day for me for about nine to ten minutes to just sit and listen and to talk and interact with God with the help of the folks that John Eldridge and his team uh, have put together. So maybe that's something that you can use to tune in. That's going to be my tune-in. Uh, my nice-to-haves will be taking a walk twice a week with my wife in the afternoon or evening and just talking and maybe doing some praying for our community, our neighborhood. Uh, for me, some unplugging that I feel God is telling me to do is to turn the TV off two nights of the week. My natural inclination is when I get home and we've had dinner or something, is turn the TV on. And I can watch, you know, Alaska State University beat Montana State Tech, and, and, and think I really care. Or I can watch another episode of Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives that I've seen probably 14 times already. And I just feel God saying, hey, t take your phone, which my phone tends to be on silent, but just take your phone and set it aside. Turn that TV off for a couple hours. Maybe turn on some worship-style music. Maybe just sit there and pray with your wife. Maybe just talk to me. So that's a way that I'm going to unplug. I, I don't know what it might be for you, but I hope that if today, today was a challenge, I'm sure at some point, you know, you're like, hey, there's a whole bunch of people in this room with me. But maybe it was a start to where you can take some time to, to hear from God on how he desires, he craves to have union with you. And when you have union with God, I've discovered that obedience to him is easier. Loving others that I love is easier, and even loving those that I don't love, my enemies, becomes easier. Because then I, I start to have his life live within me and outside of me, not me just thinking, oh, i got to live up to him and up to his standard. It's his power. It's his resilience. It's his endurance. It's his strength. You know, this season we're about to move into, the Advent season, is a, is a season of hope and joy and peace. And yet we as Americans, and maybe Western, Western, Western Europeans as well, I don't know, maybe it's globally, we, we just put so much emphasis on this holiday that's totally the opposite, I think, of what God would desire. We would put in busyness and insanity and craziness and shopping and get-togethers, and he's over here going, hope and peace and joy. You're not as resilient as you might think you are, or maybe you're totally understand just how unresilient you can be. You're a leaky vessel, and ask yourself, how can I be filled up? Would you pray with me? Father, we, uh, we don't have to give you space to move. But I pray that uh, your spirit has moved and continues to move in each and every soul here today and watching online and who would watch this later. 
that they would take some sort of pause in their lives, some sort of quiet moment to truly hear from you, to connect with you, to reunite or to have union with you for the first time. And they could feel just how amazing your love is. And they could say, I love you too, Father. I love you too, Son. I love you too, Spirit. And I pray that we could be a people that when we are faced with this crazy world that we are about to walk out into or go out into in the next few days, that we would be so strong and so resilient and have such amazing endurance because of you living within us. And we've tapped into that just like an oak tree taps into that water below the riverbank. Help us to truly see our need for you as the fuel for our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for making that possible. In your name I pray, amen.